Hello everyone, welcome to the International Business Podcast. If you work across time zones, borders and cultures, this is the show for you. I'm Leonardo, founder and host of the show, but let's make it simple and just call me Leo. I'm based in Shanghai and I'm accompanied by two co-hosts, Stefano, based in Paris, and Audrey from San Francisco. Coming up on today's episode. The trick is to be able to look at this and say, I'm going to break this into a hundred little pieces and then I'm going to spend time trying to improve each one of them. And that's how you drive numbers up. Global sales for a company under about $500 million is all about distributor, salesperson, mindshare. And people don't get that. Very often companies are thinking about how they can screw over their distributors or they're thinking of their distributors as disposable. They're not looking at them as, as true partners. Whereas no other department in the company, no, nobody will come into a, to a board meeting and say, hey, I read this article about a new lubricant. We should change all the lubricants and the machinery on the factory floor. Nobody does that. But I've had people come to me and say, you know, my dad's Swedish and he thinks your strategy is wrong. And I'm like, well, is he an international sales? No, but he's international, right? He grew up in Sweden. Zach has been in global sales for 35 years and now serves as a fractional global VP of sales for six companies. He has sold in more than 135 countries and lived in six. He is also the author of the book Global Sales, a practical playbook on how to drive profitable growth for international sales and marketing leaders. You can find more information about Zach in the show notes, including links to his LinkedIn profile and the book. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, Zach. I'm glad to have you on. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Leo. I'm really uh, thrilled to be here. I have a question I like to ask every guest. And if you don't have a good answer to this, it means <laughs> probably we have a problem here. And that is, <laughs> <laughs> Zach, why would you define yourself as an international professional? Uh, well, that's, that's a pretty good question, Leo, uh, for me. I, I've been doing this for about 35 years. I, um, I sort of define myself in general as um, an international salesperson or an international sales leader. And I've been selling internationally. I've sold in about 135 countries. I was an expat for 25 years. I've, I've lived all over the place. And, and um, really my, my primary focus is on selling goods from one country to another. So I'd say that sort of qualifies me for, for being an international business. I believe that does qualify you very well as an international business. Okay, so we can go on. Uh, you know, first question is okay. Let's <laughs> let's dive into today's episode, Zach. International sales. So there are lots of people online, especially LinkedIn, that try to help others with global growth. So why are you different? Ah, boy. So I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Like, let me tell you a quick story. Uh, years ago, I was a VP of international sales for a company, and I came in, and uh, and I had within the first couple of years, I had already increased the sales of this company by a few hundred percent. You know, we'd put it in the right systems and so on. And this lady calls me up, and uh, she she says, you know, I talked to your CEO, and he suggested I talk to you, 
and I can help you with your international business. So I set a meeting with her. I figured, you know, what do I have to lose to talk to her? And she comes in and she says, well, you know, I'm an international strategy consultant and I can help you with your strategy. And um, I said, well, I think our strategy is pretty good. Can you clarify what exactly you, you think you could do for us? And she was like, well, I could help you with your strategy. And um, I said, well, what countries have you sold into? Oh, I sell internationally. What, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about what you've done. Well, I've helped people, you know, internationally. And she went back and forth. She couldn't narrow this down. And in the end, I literally said to her, well, you know, if you can't help me understand what you do, you got to get out of my office. You're wasting my time at this point, right? And there are lots of people out there who are, you know, they were a diplomat for a couple of years, or they have a degree in international relations, or they speak, you know, a language or two languages, and they come out and they say, well, I can help you grow internationally, or I can come up with your strategy. Um, I think what differentiates me is my focus is on the sales aspect, right? Um, I can connect you to people who can do just about anything in your international you know, development needs. But what I focus on is making sure you have the right international sales team selling into the right markets. But what really differentiates me, Zach, is that for, you know, I like to say pretty much every pair of shoes my kids have ever worn, you can associate with a purchase order, right? Every penny I've ever made comes from a purchase order. I've lived and died over the years by figuring out how I can actually generate revenue. And I don't think there's anybody else in my space who can say that. Uh, I've been an, a regional sales manager in six different territories. And then for 20 years, I was a VP or a director. And I know, you know, when you're selling, you have to deal with resources, you have to deal with your time, you have to figure it out. A lot of people, um, if they don't have that experience, if, they, if they've never had to explain to their kids why they're not going to summer camp because oil prices dropped in Saudi Arabia and sales are down, they don't understand what sales are all about. So that, that's a long answer for a short question. That was lovely, though. And so now, though, I want a short answer. I love simple, concise definitions of business terms. How will you define in one sentence or two, Zach, sales strategy? Sales strategy is figuring out how you get your product to the end user. Beautiful. One sentence. Is that simple enough? Absolutely. Lovely. I always think that if people are not able to I would say define clearly and very shortly something. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't get it, right. Zach, you've been working with startups, mid-market and Fortune and Fortune 1,000 teams. What are the typical mistakes companies of any size make when selling internationally? I'll, I'll tell you what. A lot of it comes down to what I would call just intent, right? Um, the best thing you can do for a company is build your international footprint in terms of the value of the company. But it's also very dangerous. If you mess it up, it really can hurt the company. And a lot of people go about it in a very uh, half, I don't want to use profanity, but like a half-assed way. And I always say, you know, if you had a board meeting and they said, we really have to increase our production we need somebody great to do this. Nobody's going to say, oh, I have this friend of mine from high school 
who was really good in shop class. We should hire him as our vice president of manufacturing, right? But that happens with international sales all the time. People will say, oh, I have this cousin and he spent junior year abroad and I think he's a salesman. We should hire him as our VP of international sales, right? That happens all the time. Um, people choose the wrong markets because they say, you know, my wife really wants to go to Japan. So if we sold in Japan, I could take her when I go to a trade show next year. Uh, things, things like that. And I'll, I'll, I'll be a little bit more serious about this. I know those things sound funny, but believe me, I see them all the time. But the other part of this is global sales for a company under about $500 million is all about distributor, salesperson, mindshare. And people don't get that. Very often, companies are thinking about how they can screw over their distributors or they're thinking of their distributors as disposable. They're not looking at them as, as true partners. And they're trying to think of ways to screw over their, their channel partners. And this is a huge mistake. Um, you're going to live and die by distributor mindshare. I have a question regarding salespeople, Zach. Salesmen are natural? Do, I mean, are they born like this? Or is it a profession? Is it a profession that can be learned? That's a great question. So I'll tell you what, this is actually the type of discussion I have virtually every week in some format or another. So, so first of all, I'd say um, there are lots and lots of jobs in sales. And I would say that anybody can learn how to do some job in sales. Okay, that's, that's, the, that's one answer. But the thing is, if you really love it and you live it and you think about it all the time and you have a, a concept for it, that's almost something that's, that you're born with. Now you can always improve it. I, I'm constantly improving. I've been doing this for, you know, you could say I've been selling for 40 plus years and I, there isn't a, a, a month that goes by without my reading another book or taking a workshop or something. I, you know, you can always work at learning and improving. Um, but the people who, who manage a sales process, if you want to be like a, a good VP of sales, you're probably born into that vocation. Going back to your lifestyle, Zach. What is your favorite part of it? Well, I'll tell you what, Leo, it's, it's a little bit ruined now with COVID. But I used to say, you know, I've been, we were talking before about Rome, uh, before the, the podcast. I've been to Rome probably 50 times, right? And I've been to Paris, a similar number. I've been to Singapore. Um, when you live this lifestyle, you never worried that you're not going to go back. And typically, you know, when I go to Paris, I'm not rushing around to see everything. I, I have a good meal. Maybe I'll take a walk. Um, I've been to see different things there, but I'm always, I always assume that I'm going to be going back to these cities for the rest of my life. And I think that's a luxury in our profession that people typically don't get. Most people, you know, if they go to Paris or Rome or you know, Tokyo, it's a once in a lifetime thing. So I'd say that's the best luxury of our lifestyle. Very well put. And I haven't thought about it, but you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm thinking about all those places where I've been many times because right. of business and my previous job, I mean, because in my, let's say latest job, it's, you know, it happened during the pandemic. So I never traveled for business so far, but in my previous job, I used to 
go to exhibitions, trade exhibitions. So there are, I don't know, like Dusseldorf in Germany. It's it's oh, place. Yeah, right. I've been there like I don't know eight nine times. And and how many people do you know who can say that, right? And then you and you probably know exactly where to get the best beer and the best uh, best schnitzel in Dusseldorf, right? And oh, those yes. type of things. And you're you know nobody you know does. And that's that's the way we live, right? And that's something that that is a very to me that's the biggest luxury of our lifestyle is you know I I know where to get a great plate of noodles in a hundred cities around the world. I know where to get a great drink in a hundred cities around the world, and I'm never under pressure. You know that that people will say, "Oh my God, I only have seven days in Paris. What am I? You know, how am I going to see everything?" And you're never under that pressure because you're always going back, right? If you could go tomorrow, if you could travel tomorrow, let's forget about the pandemic. Where would you pass it one week of your time? One week of my time, nice, quiet week, probably in Bologna in Italy, I think. I, I think that's where I'd go because, um, you know, just to be able to sit someplace quiet, have a nice afternoon drink, have a nice meal in a pretty courtyard. I think that's probably what I'd like to do right now. Let's look back. Uh, in your career, what was the job that taught you the most, Zach? So when I was about 30, I, um, I got a job for a multinational corporation as an account manager in Scandinavia. And when I went in for my first day, my boss said, there's been a change of plans. I need somebody to be the director of sales for South Asia. Would you be willing to move to India? And it was... Um, a, a surprise. It, it was very chaotic for my life, but it was a job I couldn't turn down. And that was the most educational job I've ever had. It was my also my first time where I had a serious budget and a serious team of people. I had about 35 people working for me. I, I covered, you know, India and all the countries around India, but it gave me an opportunity to try out all these things that I had only read about because I had never had enough budget or scope or people before. Um, and also, India is an extremely tough market to succeed in. Uh, and I learned a lot of negotiation, of logistics, everything. And, and I was able to take that market from about five, it was, a, they had been at a plateau for about 10 years at 500k. And I was able to bring it up to about $30 million. And that was, um, it, it was really a defining point of my career in terms of showing me what I could do if I used the things that I thought of over the years and I just had never had a chance to really put them in place. So I'm sure that there isn't one trick. You know, there, There's no special trick or magic wand in sales or any other profession. But if you had to narrow it down to one or two things, what were the, the, the factors that brought success to your venture in India? I would say it almost comes down to a very simple thing of looking at it almost as though you are uh, manufacturing something. You know, if you're manufacturing something and you want to do it better, you break it down to the smallest possible components and you figure out how you can improve each piece of workflow. And it's the same thing with sales. And we don't look at it like that most of the time. Some of the best individual contributors I know when you say to them, what did you do? How did you do this? They'll say, well, I just sold. You know, well, well explain to me the components. I, I don't know, I just sold, right? 
I, I think the trick is to be able to look at this and say, I'm going to break this into a hundred little pieces, and then I'm going to spend time trying to improve each one of them. And that's how you drive numbers up. You lecture at prestigious institutions such as MIT and London Business School. What key advice would you give to students who are approaching this harsh and very competitive business landscape? Uh, do it for the right reasons. It, this is like, I think harsh is the right word. This is the toughest job in, in business, international sales. Uh, and we talk a minute ago about the luxury of it. And, and there are things that might seem glamorous and there are certainly things we enjoy. Uh, but I'm 54 years old. Uh, two years ago, I spent 20, I had 24 red eyes on economy class airlines, right? I, I very often, you know, uh, uh, I've spent three days in a waiting room of the Nigerian minister of health waiting to talk to him. Um, you know, you, it is a brutal, rough job and you have to really want to succeed. You have to be able to get through the physical hardships and the mental hardships. And, and frankly, the, the hardest part of the job is fighting with people inside your company who think, you know, who, who don't quite agree with what you're telling them you have to do. So it's a hard job. If you, you, know, you have to be prepared for that. It's not just fun. Why do you mean that there are many, I would say, fights within the company more than maybe outside the company itself? Um, so, so here's the thing. If, if you're an American, you know, if you're an American man, middle-aged man, you think you can sell. That's just the way our culture is, right? Even if you've never sold anything, most Americans believe they know how to sell. And if you're, you know, an, an educated managerial class American, you think, you know, international stuff because you've traveled around a little bit. So if you're the international sales manager, you're constantly coming into discussions where people say, Oh, you know, I, I think I, I read this article. I think I heard this thing. My friend told me this. Whereas no other department in the company, no, nobody will come into a, to a board meeting and say, hey, I read this article about a new lubricant. We should change all the lubricants in the machinery on the factory floor. Nobody does that. But I've had people come to me and say, you know, my dad's Swedish and he thinks your strategy is wrong. And I'm like, well, is he an international sales? No, but he's international, right? He, he grew up in Sweden, you know, that kind of thing. Or people will come and say, you know, I met this guy, we should make him our distributor in West Africa, but he's because he speaks African languages. I'm like, well, what is he doing? what's he doing now? He drives an Uber in Colorado. Um, that kind of thing happens all the time. And I just don't think it happens to anybody else in the company. And what do you think is more important, kind of mindset or experience, or the two of them are important than to succeed in international, let's say, sales? Well, I think mindset is where you start. Um, you have to be willing to accept advice from other people to learn that kind of thing. You know, every, we all started from knowing nothing and we had to figure it out. And the mindset is what got us there. Now, experience is really helpful, but you know, I have a lot of experience that I've picked up over the years, but, but that doesn't mean you can't get there if you have the right mindset. I got one final question now, uh, Zach. Question I ask everyone who comes on the show. I'm sure you have many, many episodes, but I ask you to share one with us. And it can be 
a successful, a funny, or even a catastrophic episode? Oh, so I'll tell you, it's, I guess this is a combination of all of those. And this is one of my, my favorite stories. So I, when I was working in India, I worked for this Fortune 1000 company, and uh, our market cap at the time was close to $20 billion, right? And I was a little tiny screw in the company. I had had some good successes, but I was working on a very large deal with a very large corporation in India, and it was visible to the CEO of our corporation, who had never spoken to me. And he decided he wanted to fly out to meet the, the, uh, the acting CEO uh, of the corporation we were selling to in India. So he, he flew out and I picked him up at the airport and I said to him, you know, uh, my team's prepared a briefing for you on Indian business culture. And um, I think it would be really helpful if you came by, met my team and, and did the briefing. And he said to me, um, Zach, you know, I've done business in a lot of places. I think I can skip the briefing. I, I, I appreciate that. But I think it's really important for you to do this briefing because Indian business culture is, is a little different from other business cultures. And, uh, and he said to me, Zach, I've sold to Germans. I think I can handle the Indians. <laughs> anyway, so we go into this meeting with what's now the biggest corporation in, uh, in India uh, to this beautiful building. And I, I knew the guy, he was the CFO, but he was the acting CEO, not, not the owner, but he's, he was a top guy in this large corporation. And uh, we go into his office. I, I had met him several times and I've been dealing with his people. This was a large, large deal we were working on. And um, my, my CEO thought this was going to be shaking hands and taking a purchase order. And the guy started yelling and brought up some pretty ridiculous things. Like he, he basically pointed at me and he said, you know, Zach thinks that I'm stupid. He's a racist. And, uh, you know, I, I don't like dealing with his team. And he, he goes on and on. And my CEO just completely freaked out. And um, I took him from there to meet my team. And... Uh, he started to yell at my team. And my team was all very, you know, had been working really, really hard on this deal. And he starts yelling at my team. He says, I don't understand this. I, I might have to fire the whole team and replace you all. I don't understand what's going on. And he, he, completely, he completely lost it. And then he goes back to the airport. And in the negotiations, we, we probably lost three or $4 million off of that disruption in my team. Anyway, I see the CEO of this company uh, a week later in the hallway, and he looks at me and he waves me over and he's laughing. And he goes, your CEO is a baby. Who made him CEO of a company? Doesn't he understand negotiating tactics? So that was, uh, that was my, that's probably my, fun, my favorite story about business. To wrap this up, Zach, tell us a little bit more about your current role. And after listening to this episode, who should connect with you? Great. So what I do now is I coach and consult for companies that want to expand globally. So I coach international sales managers, and I act as a fractional VP of sales for small and medium-sized companies that want to expand globally. And I also have training courses for global sales managers. So if you are in global sales, 
and you would like a little bit of help or a little bit of coaching or a little bit of extra training, uh, reach out to me. You can get me at uh, www.globalsalesmentor.com or Zach Selch on LinkedIn. You can find me. And I'd love to find a way to help you expand your global footprint or improve your distributor uh, mindset. Zach, I want to thank you for your insights. Thank you for joining us on the International Business Podcast. Thank you very much, Leo. It's really fun being here. You can find the podcast on all the major platforms. Make sure to subscribe. Do not miss the weekly episodes. And are you an international professional? Connect with us on LinkedIn to come on the show. For now, cheers.